Hello, 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 and welcome to Calling All Useful Idiots. Calling Useful Idiots. Useful Idiots. Calling you. Call me, call you. Call it for anyone. I'm here, about to be joined by my co-host, Aaron Mate. And uh, we are very excited to be taking your calls, as we always are. Make sure that you, uh, why not uh, just tweet this out? You know, spread the word. Share the gospel that we are doing this great call-in, because we are very excited about it. Uh, Aaron, should we just take the first caller? Yes. Yes, we should. All right. Aaron, okay, great. Andrew. Hello. So I just uh, had a couple thoughts on my mind really quick. First, I want to say that a South Dakota street dance sounds to me like some kind of culty conservative sex move or something. I don't know what your take on that is. Also, uh, my mom and I used to watch a lot of useful uh, idiots back when Matt Taibbi was still on. And uh, back in the necrophilia days, Katie, I just wanted to give you props for that long running joke. I think you need to bring it back. All right. I'll bring it back. Um, Okay. So it's a serious topics. Uh, as far as Trump getting raided by the FBI, I don't see um, a way this doesn't help him unless he actually gets charged with something. Um, I know we don't know what the uh, actual details of what they found are, but considering how unprecedented this uh, unprecedented this is and how many times they went after him for all other manner of nonsense, they never took a step this aggressive that would um, put them in such a desperate position if it came up short or would so obviously help him. Um, I'm just wondering what you think about that. And then I had one last question, if it's okay. So what, what we think about which aspect? Um, Basically the, do you think he's going to get charged considering with anything, considering how drastic this step was and how much of an overreach it would be? If to me, it seems like if he doesn't get charged, he's going to run again and win just on this. Right. I don't know, because as we were saying, we don't really know what was in the document. So I can't really, I can't say. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, uh, honestly, I feel like Trump will be able to come out on top no matter what. Uh, I mean, maybe not if he's charged, but, you know, you have to get charged and you have to get convicted if they do go a criminal route. Um, there's a lot of stuff that would need to happen for him to actually get into trouble. That's but, true. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Aaron? Yeah, I'd love to hear. A good point. Like, uh, they've already gone this deep with this raid, so can they afford politically to do this raid and not charge Trump. I think that's a really good point. So, yeah. Uh, if I were betting then, I, I would actually bet on him getting charged. And wouldn't you agree that this is farther than they've ever gone? I mean, they've never raided any of his properties or anything. I mean, he was president of the U.S. They said he was a Putin, a Putin puppet. They didn't do anything like this. Well, I still think Russiagate was the big, you know, like they're investigating a sitting president for being an agent of Russia. Nothing, nothing to me can top that. That was just right. absolutely insane but yeah look this is them continuing that they they obviously have this animus toward trump and again you know i I say this a lot but it's not because they don't uh it's not because they disagree with him so much policy-wise because he did everything that the national security state wanted and then some and then he went even further 
it's more he's just a he's bad for the brand. He yes. he's too obnoxious. He says the wrong things. He's sometimes he blurts out the truth, like when he says we're staying in Syria to steal their oil. So it's just they need to rein him in and um using him as like their boogeyman is also a great way to expand their power as well. So it's like this symbiotic relationship. It works out great for everybody. It works out great for Trump because he gets to be uh, uh, portrayed uh, to his base as a victim of the deep state. Right. And the deep state gets to, you know, justify their power by supposedly taking on this existential threat, you know? So it's like, it's, it works yeah. out great for everybody except for the people. Yeah. A lot of misaligned incentives for the people. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I will I definitely- say one, one thing that, that I thought was interesting was that, and this was actually on one of the discussions, I think I meet the press panel. But one thing that's interesting that makes me think that this wasn't necessarily, I mean, it's politically motivated, but I do think that this probably the timing wasn't because this is a good time for Biden to shine. I mean, I don't think it is, but they're making it out like the IR, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was this huge victory. So this doesn't seem to be helpful in that regard to the Democrats. Yeah, I know Trump always has this air of invincibility. I have no sympathy for him. I've never liked him. And I've always thought that they were chasing ghosts with Russiagate and everything. And my gut just tells me that with the raid, something's different this time. He might really be screwed. Anyway, uh, my last question really quick. Did you see the Tulsi Gabbard guest hosted for Tucker Carlson? And did you see any of the segments if you were aware of this? I did. I watched it. And uh, she did one segment on the uh, impact of U.S. sanctions on uh, the world and on the U.S. And it was it was great. And she played the clip of Madeleine Albright saying the price is worth it to you know commit genocide against Iraqi children. And uh, I just thought that was I was happy to see that. And, you know, again, you have to say this and talking about people like Tulsi is obviously I don't agree with her. On many things, she has some views that I find objectionable. But I'm not going to be like the, the the outrage at her for guest hosting on Tucker Carlson's show. I don't. Am I supposed to be upset that she got out to millions of people a message that U.S. sanctions kill people? I think that's a positive thing. Absolutely, I think it's really revealing the amount of anger that she's getting for that because they're all saying, "Oh, look, she's proving us right. She went the Fox News route." But I'd like to ask these people. When's the last time you heard a Democrat bring up any of these points or anyone in the Democrat media and the idea that she's going out there and telling the Albright thing to all these Fox News viewers talking about how this war isn't about democracy. This is like what a twisted world. I mean, I grew up very young when we invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. But the idea even then that that would be the network Fox News to have this kind of a message is insane. And not only that they're carrying it, but they're pretty much exclusively the only one carrying it. And it does come from Tulsi, who's an ex-Democrat, but they've purged everyone like her. I just thought it was amazing that he gave her the chance. I was very unexpected. Yeah. yeah. And, and the point is, and the point is, all, it's like, and we say this a lot, this doesn't mean that Fox News is great. It's just right. a reflection of how to the right everyone else Absolutely. The fact that yeah. now Fox News is a place where you can sometimes hear this kind of message and you can't hear it on MSNBC or CNN. Right. They're the only one that says the message that can't be shut down. It's usually alternative media, and they can just right. flip a yeah. switch and get rid of them. So and it's, it's got utility. Yeah, I mean, this is an indictment of of liberal or quote unquote liberal or quote unquote mainstream media, which is that they don't air things like this. And another mistake that people make is that they say, "Oh, look at this. This is a message on the right way, on the right wing uh, channel." So clearly, the position. 
that's a right wing position. No, it's not. I'm sorry, Katie, you broke up for me. Could you repeat that last two sentences? Yeah. People. Can you guys hear me? Now I got you. Okay. People like to say, oh, look, this is this critique of sanctions is a critique you hear on, on Fox News. So clearly this is a right wing position. And no, it's not. What's pathetic is that you can only hear this on a right wing network. That doesn't right. make the position right wing. And so well, a lot of people, what because, does it? They get well, yeah, leftists. yeah, I mean, it's, it's just an example of the dangerous nature, I think of. And this is there's a very lazy, sloppy, ideologically unsound guilt by association where people are just rendered toxic instead yeah. of looking at things, something issue by issue. Like there are things that I disagree with Tulsi Gabbard on. But the fact is that this is as much a story about um, the failures of the of the rest of the media as it is about what happens on Fox News. So anyone Absolutely. we have to make sure that we focus on the issues and not the personality of the person speaking. And it is pathetic that you could only hear something like that on Fox News. Yeah, it's just rampant partisanship that's out of control. It's a sign of fascism, I think, an actual fascism, not, you know, January 6th fake fascism from Toys R Us. Right. Thank you for your time, both of you. Thanks. All right, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yep. How's it going? Seems like every time I use call-in, there's a different protocol for how to unmute yourself. Uh, I was just curious. Uh, Aaron Mate, I saw you on the Kurt Metzger podcast. That was excellent. And I was curious, both of you, um, what are your feelings on Joe Rogan? Specifically, Katie, what do you think about his show and Matt Taibbi going on there? I mean, I think it's great to go on there. I'd go on there. Joe, if you're listening, have me on. <laughs> I've actually sent emails saying requesting you as a guest. So I don't know if he looks at any of that stuff, but I would love to hear you guys interact. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, I think that with Joe Rogan, I kind of feel, I mean, uh, I think he has a lot of great guests on the show. I think he's what one of the things I like about him is that he seems very open minded, um, not committed to ideology. He seems to have the exception on that seems to be with vaccine stuff or COVID stuff, I should say. Um, But, yeah, I don't know what other thoughts I have on on him. Uh, I'm glad Matt goes on the show. Okay. Uh, and Aaron, what, do you, what are your feelings about uh, big Joe Rogan uh, stealing everybody's audiences? Uh, you know, I think uh, it's impressive what he's built. I don't really listen to his show very much unless I, I know the guests or I'm interested in the guests. But everything That's I've heard... That's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, look, it's a, what I find crazy is, like, it, these are long-ass shows. They go on for, like, three or four hours, and how much can you hear one person speak for, for that long? I mean, I wouldn't want to, I, mean, I, I can't imagine myself filling up four hours of just content of just talking, but Hey, that's what they do. And uh, look, I, I think um, he's a cultural figure and the mainstream media hates him because he represents sort of their decline that people are turning to sources like him. And that's why there's so much attention put on him. You know, it doesn't mean I agree with everything he says and um He's had on guests that I've seen that I, I I didn't like, I didn't agree with, but whatever, you know, I, I think uh, anyone who can build an independent platform on their own and achieve an audience, it's, you know, it's, it's admirable. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm. I'm intrigued by why people. I mean, I don't mean this. This is not a dig, but there's something about him that people really will just listen to hours and hours of. It's interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay, Andrew. Hello. Hey, Andrew. Hey. Um. So, a few things that weren't mentioned probably on the Sunday news shows. I mean, I don't didn't watch them because y'all watch them for me. Um, but something that I would be very surprised if was mentioned would be the um against Mike Pompeo and David Morales, which is being announced soon uh, this morning. So that's really exciting. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Sorry, um, the what against Pompeo Morales? What did you say? The what? The Julian Assange lawsuit against oh, them. Yeah, no, was not. The spying regime that they built around the Ecuadorian embassy uh, and everything around that. Um, and then also, uh, I mean, very, very disappointed uh, that my Senator Ed Markey is uh, currently leading a second congressional delegation to meet with the leadership of Taiwan. I think that that's super dangerous and I'm very much disheartened that someone who portrays himself as one of the most progressive members of the Senate, which as we can see is clearly a very low bar because he can just lead a delegation to Taiwan. So yeah, those well, are my thoughts. This trends, you know, it was like Beatlemania, according to uh, uh, Senator uh, Congressman Meeks. I mean, he didn't make that comparison, but the way he was describing how they responded to in Taiwan made it seem like they were Beatlemania. So Nancy's a trendsetter. <laughs> so now everyone's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> getting into that Taiwan market. Yeah, for for World War. It's cool now. Yeah, yeah, it is very disturbing. It's a disturbing trend, and um, we'll see what happens. But certainly not. Uh, I'm I'm sure you're not his only constituent who doesn't really want his senator to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious what his specific motivations are. Because with Pelosi, obviously, we know about her investments in the microchip industry um but to my knowledge he's not quite in that game he is not someone who's worth over a hundred million dollars because of it so this really confused me what i found out about it yesterday yeah like what is yeah yeah well, thank you both for your time. Great show today uh, and great uh, conversation with VJ uh, as well. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks, Andrew. All righty. Let's go with Steve. Hi, Steve. Um, so I hate to agree with Henry Kissinger. I know. A uh, goddamn. Can I say goddamn on uh, yeah. call? Well, then, goddamn it. Um, I am agreeing with Henry Kissinger. Uh, 
these they're on the road to World War Three, you guys. And I think just us, like, instead of being on the call in line, we need to be on the picket line instead. Mm. And maybe like, get, like, uh, yeah, maybe get uh, Code Pink in the house or uh, the Answer Coalition or someone. Um, in the, uh, I was a kid during Vietnam, but I think in 70 or 71, activists surrounded the Pentagon. The Pentagon's a big building and they surrounded it. Mm-hmm. I, they must've had over a hundred thousand people. And also at one point they surrounded the white house and, uh, Kissinger wrote about this in one of his 18 memoirs. Um, and he said, uh, Nixon was like, was freaked out. Uh. Henry, Henry, they're gonna, they're gonna come and get us, Henry. Um, so I, I I think, I think we, gosh, you guys, I I think we need to get ourselves organized here because I, they are going down that road. So sorry to be so negative, but. No, you're being a realist. Yeah, it is scary. We got to rebuild. There's really no anti-war movement. Aaron, you and I build it with our own hands. Yes. You must be our leaders. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm just remembering, no, I'm just remembering in, in college trying to organize uh, some campus stuff and how the meetings it would take like seven hours of meetings and we'd, we'd vote no, on. No, no, no. Listen, we, we don't do consensus. Pro- Aaron, no, no consensus. Procedure. We vote on procedure and who could speak next. And Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Aaron, I was there. I was yeah. at those meetings. They take 10 hours and yeah. there'll be a stoned person who's probably an FBI plant and they'll disagree with everything. No, it can't be consensus. It has to be straight up and down. If 51% say we do it tonight, then we do it tonight. If fuck well, the 49%. Yeah, you know, uh, if, I ever, if ever I get into organizing... That will be my first question. All right, who's the informant? Come on, we know there's, yeah. there's definitely one of you here. Just come on. Oh, and there won't come be on. one. There yeah. won't be one, Aaron. Right. So then, yeah. So, so we find the first one. Then it's like, all right, come on. Who's the, who's second? the second informant? Just, just tell us. Yeah. Don't waste our time. We know you're here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for giving us numbers. Yeah. I went to a party actually a few years ago in DC with, uh, and there were some political activists there and it was awkward because everybody, everybody there was convinced that one of the people that they were hanging out with was an FBI informant and they were all saying it kind of behind his back. And it was like this open secret at this party. And it was just awkward because it's like, I think he also knew that people suspected this about him. And I have no idea if he actually was an informant or not, but it was just, it was the most awkward party I've ever been to hands down. Very, very awkward. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm really curious if he was. Yeah, well, I don't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get his name, and uh, but it was. Um, it was. It was awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. He couldn't have been very good at it if he was so uh, exposed. Yeah, I mean, and that's just if he was an informant. Like, I, you know, right. I don't even. I don't even know. I just know that these people suspected that he was. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. David. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, so uh, I missed the last couple of call-ins, so I'm going to go on the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, 
Um, but uh, the last caller mentioned that there's no anti-war movement anymore. And I know you guys cover all the time how they put weapons lobbyists on mainstream media without, you know, identifying them as such. And, you know, with the Inflation Reduction Act, that's probably going to be the only major legislation uh, like that helps anything in any way. And, you know, it's arguable how much it helps at all in the first place. But that's probably going to be the only major legislation in that direction for what the next six years at least possibly 14 years right and um what it's what it's cemented with me is just the absolute need to get uh big money out of politics and um i i had asked a couple like a whole bunch of columns ago if you guys had ever heard of um the organization represent us um have you guys gotten a chance to look into it at all? No, I have to admit, I did not. I can do it for our next. Oh, that's. Um, I know. I actually really appreciate how how you guys move through the callers quickly. But um, would it be okay to put on? They have a, like a twelve minute video, and you can skip the part about the Princeton study, because um, I think you guys are already familiar but yeah we're not going to play a, a video yeah on, that on that's call. fine yeah but uh, but Dave, thank you for the call thank you but yeah okay. send, send us the video we can watch it and react to well, it I, I just think they would be a really great organization to interview they've had they've had several victories so an example is they helped get ranked choice voting in maine um they actually got an anti-corruption act ballot initiative passed in South Dakota, but the South Dakota state legislature actually passed a state of emergency to repeal it. Oh, no. Um, so, you know, they've been trying to uh, come back and, and, and um, get, it, get it through again. But anyway, um, I, I'm just surprised at how few people have heard of this organization and like especially in, you know, like the uh, lefty media. Yeah. Um, anyway, that that's it. Yeah. Um, you guys are great. Thanks. Thank Thanks, David. Okay, represent us. I'm going to write that down. Okay. <laughs> Jonah, uh, Jonathan, sorry. Jonathan, unmute yourself, please. Yes, thank you. So my conspiracy theory about the FBI raid is that it's not about whether he's guilty or innocent. The point of it is the story. I was in like a, I don't know, I should say it was a Burger King in 2015. And there was a, that TV on the wall that's in silent, like the airport had CNN. And it says something, it has the word Trump in big, bold letters on the bottom for the entire time I was in there. It doesn't matter if it says, is Trump a legitimate threat? Or if the answer to that question is yes. It's basically a Trump banner on the wall for a half hour, 40 minutes. Uh. And it's like the legitimate is the operative word in the sentence, not threat. It's like, even if he's a legitimate threat, it's an advertisement for his legitimacy. There's a whole group of people and businesses for whom there's no such thing as bad press. And what this story is going to do, whether he's guilty or innocent, is codify. You got all these people whose identity is wrapped up in being a Trump supporter. 
and they're going to rediscover that identity and jump together to defend him. Or you can make people the same, the more you can easily, you can sell things to them and how you divide people is you never allow anyone to lose. I called in last time about the Middle East and like how you divide and conquer is all you need to know to understand who's doing what and why and how many times they switch who they give this gun to. You don't let anyone lose and you keep the conflict going. They can't rediscover their identity as a libertarian or a left libertarian or somebody who's an issue voter. You're going to keep them in the Trump camp so they can be manipulated for as long as possible. It's all a simulated sort of, it's propaganda, but the propaganda, if you, it's like a mask with nothing underneath it because you would intend, you would think you'd be like, oh, I'm going to look at the story about these FBI files and see if he's guilty or innocent. What's really going on? But what's really going on is you standing there asking that question, looking at his name and his face again. He's got more free press than anyone, any human ever. And that's the mm. It's just more free press for Trump. Right, which he does very well from. It's more than anybody I've ever seen or heard of. Yeah. Which is why I think that this is not totally politically... I mean, it is advantageous in some ways for the Dems, but, but we'll have to see the result of it. Well, the result of it is going to be harder to peel people away from him to anything sensible because they're intractable. Like I said, it's there. It's a psychological thing. Your identity is wrapped up in this thing. You double down on it too many times and you just have uh, tens of millions of people who will follow him into this next election cycle and throw yeah. themselves off a cliff like lemmings. Uh, yeah, that's all I, that's all I got. All right. Hey, thanks Jonathan. Okay, Brady. Hello, mic check. We can hear you. You're good. What You're on. Amazing coincidence. I don't know what happened there, but um, uh, yeah, I just learned that Nicaragua is like free from God. Apparently, on TikTok, that was interesting. <clears throat> Um, but as far as the Trump abolishing the FBI, I think we need to Wait, audit the FBI, first of all. Yeah, in Nicaragua, apparently there's like some uh, socialist like revolution and they're kind of revolting against the Catholic Church in Nicaragua right now. Oh. And then an Italian prime minister just resigned as well. So, you know, stuff's been popping off. Um, and, and all around the world, not just here. But, um, yeah, we absolutely need to audit the FBI ever since JFK. We've needed to take a serious look at the situation. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's clear they're not serving our interest at all anymore. If they really wanted to do anything effective, they would have raided all of his properties at once. Um, and everyone associated with him, like, we certainly have the resources for it, you know. Um, what I would rather see them do is to raid the property of Leslie Wexner, the guy who funded Jeffrey Epstein, the owner of Victoria's Secret and Forever 21. I think they right. should raid his property if they want to, if they want to justify their existence, they can start there. And the limited. Don't forget the limited. The limited. Aha. Good looking out. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. So I think that they would do good to justify their existence at this moment in time, uh, along with the police as well. Because when, when girls in my local area need to get their stuff back from their ex-boyfriends, they call me, not the police, you know? Yeah. So 
Um, and I'm a stoner. <laughs> I'm, I'm broke, you know, <laughs> like anyone can do their job. Um, and we could certainly, I think we need to go to a bounty hunter system and just switch the dash cams, forward and rear dash cams for traffic issues. And there's a lot of things we need to restructure. But um, I would recommend a psychedelic renaissance over a political revolution. Personally, I think we can just outthink these guys instead of um, fighting them, you know, and make it so that they want to join us, you know, I think is the the, the perfect outcome. We're kind of suffering from a lack of imagination right now. And a little mushroom tea would certainly boost the renaissance in the right direction, I think. <clears throat> but the FBI certainly hasn't been helpful with that. You know, um, they've been busy busting, making sure to keep a lid on the psychedelic situation. They've been really good at making sure people aren't, you know, enjoying psychedelics. But when it comes to trafficking children they're doing the opposite of helping <laughs> so yeah we talked um, about we talked about the power of psychedelics with um chris ryan uh, i would FBI support tried to weaponize psychedelics if anything they tried to turn it into a weapon uh, it was more the yeah. cia i guess but um, well you know, i would FBI support as well i would Go support for, i would support uh forced psychedelic therapy for our political leaders like get the president the vice president the Pentagon, FBI, get everyone to do some sort of force like psychedelic therapy. See if see if their minds change and yeah. they wake and, and they wake up to all the work they're doing. I mean, you know, anything. You've I'm heard of force the, force the peyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like uh, that. You know, all right. so good. All right, thank like you, Brady. Thank yeah, you. likewise. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, Kate. Force the payout. That's pretty good. All right. <laughs> okay, Kate. I just ahead. wanted to say I appreciate the show again, as always. Um, and I really like how you were framing sort of framing the fight as sort of a kind of almost clinically saying it was an intra elite um, conflict again, just like RussiaGate. Mm -hmm. um, I, I that was really bringing to mind um, Peter Turchin's. Um, ideas about um about sort of how he has this idea that there's like sort of a cyclical overproduction of elites which leads to like conflict um anyways, i hear that i hear that as very i totally agree with that because they i mean they have to pretend as if we're a democracy which means there's some sort of healthy debate about issues but they can't fundamentally have a healthy debate about the issues that actually impact people's lives because their power derives from controlling people's lives and profiting off of it, off of that system. So they have to create these sort of um, factional disputes to make it look as if we're in a healthy democracy when really it's just, you know, as you say, an intra-elite squabble. Yeah, and they seem to be really consumed by it almost to the point of, you know, like, I mean, I feel like the Democratic Party almost completely flipped on, like, you know, being anti-war, which, I mean, I, never, I know it was never completely anti-war, but there was a strong enough anti-war position that, you know, Barack Obama got picked over Hillary Clinton because she voted right. for the Iraq war. Um, and they've just, I mean, it's amazing to see how it's just like, they're so consumed by this, like Russia gate type intra elite squabble that it's like, they'll change their beliefs and positions on anything, um, anything else. So it's, it's kind of amazing to see, but I, I, I liked how you were sort of putting it there as sort of kind of cold detached, 
like like just like if you were just like a doctor or something examining what's wrong with it and you see oh well they've got this sort of intra elite fights these squabbles um well thanks yeah um that's that's where we're at and that's where we're going to be at for a a very long time i think because the this whole thing works so well for everybody it works well for trump it works well for democrats it's a really symbiotic relationship so expect a lot more of it all right kate thank you for the call thank you jason you're up good morning hey i just wanted to comment and say that I think my coffee table would look really good with like a useful idiot's book on it. Oh, a book. A book. What could we put? Like a tri author thing, you know? You, Taibi, and uh, Aaron. Just with the greatest reflections and insights from our show? Yeah, you know, some inspirational quotes from Stelter and Chuck Todd. I think it'd be great. Uh, lyrics, lyrics to some of our songs that we've made up, like "Pump Up the Demand." Got it, yeah. Got to start filing those, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just want to throw that out there. Thanks. You guys are doing great. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. All right. Now let's go to pretty, pretty, pretty. Well, where'd pretty go? Pretty left. All right. Let's go to Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. I see you in the queue. Pretty. Hello. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Uh, yeah, I don't know where, where that other person went either, but oh, there there we go. There's pretty. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, I wanted to say congratulations on uh, drawing uh, the ire of the, the gnome hive, all five of them, for uh, pointing out the obvious. And uh, I wanted to ask uh, Aaron how he felt about the uh, Asadist erasure and the replies. Because I haven't heard that accusation in like, not well, basically not since the Russians went into Ukraine, and everybody started talking about Putinism instead. Um, and uh, frankly, you guys got that accusation because you were interviewing Aaron about uh, his serial work. Right. At, oh, so, so for sort of people who are listening, um, no, Mickey Const uh, entered a race. Uh, local New York uh, City race uh, for Queens, and there was already a DSA-endorsed candidate, um, Kristen Gonzalez. And then there was a lot of discussion. People were calling Nomi a spoiler, and as Aaron pointed out, a lot of people were pointing out the fact that Nomi has gone after a lot of people for quote-unquote, dividing the left. So that was kind of ironic because people saw this as dividing the left. Anyway, fast forward uh, to the election, uh, which early voting is starting now already. uh, And Nomi has dropped out and officially dropped out and endorsed Gonzalez. But as I pointed out on Twitter, I I said it's great that she did that and it would be great if she could tweet that out. Because if you go to Nomi's Twitter... Uh, her pinned tweet is her campaign video. She has a bunch of recent tweets from her campaign. She tweeted out a press release um, where she does endorse Gonzalez, but you wouldn't know that from the tweet. Um, it just says, like, thank you, Janaris, uh, for bringing this together. Anyway, so I, I tweeted out respectfully, urging her to tweet out her endorsement of Gonzalez, and then people were coming back 
the Asadis Puna thing. <laughs> it's clearly very relevant to local. Uh, yeah. Rate, yeah. Which I might add is, is standard practice. Like if you're going to like on any kind of campaign, even like, uh, you know, if you're on a nonprofit and you issue a press release, like you put that, you know, that press, what's in that press release to, you know, reflect it on all of your front facing media. Right. So that people aren't confused. Yeah. Look, I mean, look, we're, we're talking about a, uh, a state Senate race in New York. So it's not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is not the most paramount issue. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think Bashar al-Assad is watching this, this race too closely. So I don't know why people are bringing Assad into this, but look, I mean, this, um, this candidate, uh, happened to call for the gray zone, which I work for to be investigated by Congress and right, also right. called, also called me, also called me a genocide denier. And so that's, I mean, that's what I was responding to in this race. And, um, I thought it was just funny that, uh, you know, uh, it can't, you know, like, some of these claims about me have been, were, were made on the on the majority report, and they're always accusing other people like me of dividing the left. And so I just thought it was hypocritical that this was a case where you know one of their hosts was going up against a socialist candidate who's been endorsed by the grassroots left, and you know now it's come to an end apparently. And it's uh, I'm not surprised that to hear more name calling because that's really that's just par for the course. But I did think it was interesting that uh, the Bernie bro playbook was sort of oh yeah rushed off here and Kristen gonzalez's supporters were accused of like not running a clean campaign and, yeah, and harassing. harassing you know harassment it was so it reminded me of the, all the dumb claims that were made about bernie supporters and you know i thought that was it's ironic because uh the candidate also was is a was a bernie surrogate right had been yeah yeah had been yeah anyway um all right, let's move on. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. Fern. Thank you. Uh, again, so I'm again. It's Kristen Gonzalez. The uh, uh, just so people know, the election is um, uh, August twenty third, and you can go to Gonzalez for NY dot com to find out more. Okay, thanks. Hey, good morning. Can you hear good me? Morning. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of hypocrites or hypocritism, um, what Nina Turner did recently with saying that Jimmy's anti-black and stuff—it just pretty much takes all the wind of, out of my cells to support any leftist candidate at all, you know. And it's like it, even politics itself, like it's just what's the point of voting at that point? But besides the fact, I don't know if you guys talked about that this morning in the show I missed it. no but you know let me share my my perspective on that whole nina turner jimmy door thing i think jimmy misinterpreted her initial tweet she was just pointing out the hypocrisy of MAGA republicans calling to abolish the fbi now and and not doing so before with all the horrible things that the fbi does and uh i think jimmy took that to mean she was defending democrats and was uh supporting the fbi and i didn't see that in her tweet now then i thought what she did in response to jimmy i thought was really unfortunate she basically was calling him a racist right and i I wish he had just pointed out you know that he had misinterpreted her um and i thought that was really sad to watch you know to see how that proceeded because there's no need for people to be fighting like that and look nina turner's uh, you know i i feel for her she's she's ran many times she was targeted by apac she was sabotaged and i think she's a really um 
you know, I've heard her speak before and she's a really, I think, powerful speaker. Now, I don't agree with her on many things. And I think, uh, unfortunately, I mean, from where I sit, she's pandered too much or she's catered too much to the narratives of the same people in the Democratic Party who want to destroy her movement. Like, so, for example, she was among the Bernie Sanders people who really gave credence to Russiagate. And I think that's too bad. I think not only is that just it's just factually wrong, it's also actually uh, enabling a narrative and a propaganda campaign that is used consciously to undermine people like Bernie and people like Nina Turner. Yeah. So I think that was too bad. But um, it's overall, I just, uh, you know, what we, we have no hope on the left if, of getting anywhere if even people who agree on so many issues are engaging in these sorts of squabbles. And, um, I, uh, again, I, I think I, I didn't agree. Like, I, yeah. I those her, Twitter fingers really get people in trouble. I mean, like they uh, do. Yeah. Like what's his name, uh, from status coup. Like I love his work, but he just <laughs> tweets all the time. Yeah. Like you just, I don't know. I mean, uh, people have their opinions, but also I understand. I agree with you, Aaron. Yeah. That was a misunderstanding. They could have worked together, but you know, they don't like the left media. Like, they're not even on your show, you know? Like, oh, no, that's the thing, you know, and, and this is where, you know, I understand, Jimmy, I think, is frustrated with that wing of the party, which, you know, uh, kind of has not been willing to take on the Democratic Party leadership as I think we would expect them to, like, and force the vote was a good example of that, where I thought Jimmy had a great idea, and he got no support from people like Nina Turner and the squad, and so... He's understandably frustrated with them, and I get all that, but um, I just think uh, sometimes it can, these things can lead to misunderstandings, and we can get into debates that are just are not helpful. And uh, yeah, and then I don't think it, I didn't think it was fair for him to basically call him a racist. I just didn't think that you know that that was fair. And uh, and look, I, I you know both Jimmy and Nina are, are fair game for criticism, but I just it's got to be done. I think in a um, right, in a more uh, level-headed way. Right. Uh, what? Just one more fun question, Katie. Do you, by any chance do you watch Gilmore Girls? Or did you watch Gilmore Girls? No, I never did. Is it oh, okay. Well, no, I thought you would have been a person who watched that. I don't know. My girlfriend's very into it. <laughs> huh. Sorry, that's okay. Oh, uh, but besides that, have you guys watched the platform on Netflix? No. What's that? I don't know. It's like some commentary about, like, I guess capitalism or something i don't know it's about a hole and people go to jail for different reasons oh. and there's a hole in the middle of the ground two level two people on every floor and it gets crazier after that oh wow <laughs> yeah. well look if we're, if we're talking about tv content i gotta say today's a hard day for me because tonight is the last episode of better call salt and, oh what uh, is it say it again is this season five i don't know all i know is that all i know is that it's the end it's, oh, wow. it's the I end tonight. The last ones, and then watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's it's an emotional day for us. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, you have a great night, Aaron. And thank, thank you, Katie. Thank you. You know what? I'm, I've been watching. I already shared. I think. Um, you don't know me is great. It's on Netflix, and then I just watched Anatomy of a Scandal. See, honestly, this is like every every single time I speak to someone about television, they say show, and I'll just be like, I've I've never heard of that. There's, yeah. you know, yeah. why? Because there's too much content. There's too much <laughs> content. TMC. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Fern.
from one cat photo. That's a cute cat. Is that your cat fern? Oh my God, it's a really cute cat. And I don't even love cats. But let's go to Pretty, who also has a cat photo. Pretty. Hi, hey, can you hear me? Come back. Yep. Hi. Um. So I was wondering uh, if you guys have uh, heard about this uh, this bill that went through the House uh, back. I looked it up and it was back in April actually, but I had just recently heard about it. Um. It's the countering malign Russian activities in Africa. No. What is this? It's it's a bill and it was passed by Gregory Meeks, who's a, a black U.S. Uh, congressman from New York, but he's like African-American and they kind of pushed it through using, apparently, I was, I heard about it through the Hermela Aragawi, you know, the, the Ethiopian-American reporter or journalist. Um, she recently had an episode talking about this bill and how, you know, vague it is and how it talks about not just malign Russian activities in Africa, but also in the diaspora, which I don't know, I don't know what that means. But basically, um, they talked about how it went through. Um, a lot of the Black Caucus members had um, had had signed, you know, had kind of co-sponsored it or whatever, along with Gregory Meeks. But when uh, some one of the panelists she was talking to, I don't know if it was herself or one of the other two guys, said that when they spoke to one one Congressperson who was actually a co-sponsor or something, who was also Black, had never heard of it. So somehow her name was co-sponsoring a bill that she'd never heard of. But it kind of told me that, you know, other, of course, someone else wrote this bill and used the Black Caucus to pass it because it's clearly going to be called, uh, it's less likely to be called racist or uh, colonial, you know, if, if right. it's passed through the Black Caucus. And I was just wondering if you guys had heard about that. I did not hear about that. But, but that is, Meeks was one of the people who went to uh, Taiwan with Pelosi for their Beatlemania tour. Yeah. Yes, I don't know if he, I don't know if he, you know, wrote it or actually, you know, knows anything about it. But his name is is the main name on the bill, and yeah, I was just noticing how they they started using sort of the 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 ethnicity that is targeted. They'll get someone from that ethnic. Like I saw Ted Cruz kind of, you know, popping off right. about like uh, Venezuela and uh, Nicaragua and stuff like that. And it's like, I guess he passes as Latino, <laughs> I don't know, depending on what year it is. And um, I don't know if they've made one for, for Latin America and if someone, you know, like Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio has, has come up with it. But uh, I find it really nefarious that they use, you know, sort of like they tend to person for the the violent act now it has to match the ethnicity it's very woke but it's also yeah. like really Jamima really... Pierre who's great uh Jamima Pierre was on my show and she talked about uh she actually called uh Karine uh Jean-Pierre who's Biden's um uh spokeswoman she meant she talked about the black faces of empire yeah Jamima Pierre so yeah it was great we're seeing that well, um, I don't. I think I look when I looked at this bill that it's it's passed the House already back in April, but it's it's going to go through uh, the Senate, I guess, sometime soon. So oh. maybe keep an eye on it. Yeah, I'll look into it. All right, thank you. That's it. Thanks, pretty Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Um, 
So uh, your, the story that you played about Afghanistan, you know, with the ominous music and it's one year later, and it, I think you could just substitute Biden for, for what's changed. I mean, that whole thing could have described the U.S. I mean, we're not secure. We can't go out anywhere and not worry about getting shot up by some crazy person who, with a gun. Right. We're not safe on our own streets. The kinds of things, you know, the, 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 the economy has collapsed. I mean, I didn't hear um, hardly anything except for maybe the translators that were left behind. But you could just replace that with essential workers. Uh. I mean, it was a story about the United States, for heaven's sake. If you look at it like that, it's 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 bonkers to me. There's all kinds of times when stories about other countries, I remember hearing about North Korea, probably on Democracy Now!, how North Korea was this closed nation and there was all these people starving to death. I don't know. We got that going on here. People aren't being very well educated. They don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. I mean, it's very scary that some of these narratives seem to be able to be applied to the U.S. and nobody seems to recognize that. Maybe I'm just a, 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 a doomsdayer, but, but I love to bring a show like this up. So <laughs> I do appreciate everything you guys do. And I, I just I want us to be looking at ourselves from, from another angle so we can see the things that need to be fixed. Because, you know, when we're just inside looking out, it's, it's not... You know, you can see it in somebody else easier than yourself. But once you see it in somebody else, maybe you can see it in yourself. Yes, a lot of double standards and a lot of criticism of, of others and not of our own. Especially when, like in the case of Afghanistan, causing some of that suffering. Which makes it that much richer. I mean, ironic rich, not financially rich yeah ticking we got to get to all these callers okay so paul thanks amanda hello can you hear me yeah terrific um i just jumped in the call during brady's uh words on the psychedelic renaissance I just wanted to provide a little bit of pushback on whether or not everybody doing MDMA or mushrooms or something was really going to create that radical upset we think it might. So you're you're coming out against force the peyote. All right, good to know. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just curious the degree to which the psychedelic renaissance has been driven by like certain nodes of capital, like Compass Pathways, who are basically looking to patent even certain chemical derivatives of um, some of mushrooms being psilocybin and different other like chemical corollaries to psilocybin, and even parts of psychedelic experience, like what music you might listen to. These companies are kind of patent so many, so many elements of this experience. But I'm curious, I'm just... I think people maybe unquestionably think about the power of psychedelics and the degree to which capital can sort of 
take that over rather rather quickly and what is an anti-capitalist psychedelic renaissance look like maybe well look again you know, yeah, to, we clear, to be clear i was only yeah. advocating force the payout on leaders on the on the leader on leaders i'm not saying everyone should go out and do psychedelics you know that's uh i mean that was a big thing in the 60s right and that only went so far but um yeah look uh it's a interesting issue personally i've had great experiences with psychedelics and they've expanded my mind and you know i've I've learned some things about myself that have been very useful, but you know, it, it's different for everybody. I know people who've had terrible experiences with, with psychedelics. So it's really, a, it's a personal choice. Even with the world leaders, a lot of but people, a lot of these like capture of it, capitalist capture of it. We talked about that with Chris Ryan. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll check that one out. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Look, Everything in this world is going to be commodified. It's it's impossible. Right. Not, that's just so everything is going to be exploited in some awful way. And but that doesn't necessarily uh, impugn the nature of something. And I, I think psychedelics falls under that category. Of course, it's going to be exploited. And you go to Peru to do ayahuasca, and there's now a million places to go. And some places are really shady and rip you off. And that's going to happen in this capitalist world until we overthrow capitalism. And the quickest way to that route is to take more psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Loki. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just had a, a quick comment on, on the, what do you call it, the, that capitalism is going to ruin everything. And while in, in general it, it, it kind of proves to be true, it's not – it's not something that's just like that that exists you know by itself or as an accident it's it's a result of kind of this materialist thinking that's been pushed from like the 1700s and stuff you know and under understandable that was kind of considered yeah it was after the enlight the scientific enlightenment and and when you have people in power that are what do you call it in the powerful positions of the church, you know, deciding what your society is going to do and they won't let your children read and stuff. Then of course that's much better, but now we're kind of, we're kind of going into an anti spiritual direction as well. And that makes people vulnerable to financialization. So everybody almost has to become a product to survive, you know, in this kind of a world. But, um, yeah, you can you can speak on that if if you want. While I think of my other question. Hello. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, materialism, capitalism go hand in hand. Not sure what your question yeah. was. Oh, that it was it was just a a comment on um. On you know that capitalism will find a way to financially exploit anything, including psychedelics. But that's the psychedelics were originally you know something used by like priest class and kings, and it was like a sacred part of of you know many cultures. And then you know Western Western pharmacists or you know different people have to find a way to grab it. Crank it to 100, concentrate it, 
fucking distorted past where functional or practical at least you know and you know of course sometimes sometimes it works you know and other times it doesn't work like i wouldn't i wouldn't say that um that pcp and meth were like super successful you know it seems to work for a while and then it you know it really doesn't you know yeah. but um now, when did, when, did you, when did youth for limits become a show about psychedelics i i thought we we're here to make fun of the liberal media the corporate media and this really is, is a psychedelic show. Sure. But... I have a I have a media centered question as well. Company okay. this new company sells trips to Peru. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. speaking on materialism and that kind of. Fair enough. Hey, I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Okay. But um, Thanks let's see. Uh, so the, the there's this YouTube channel called um, what the hell is it called? The Film Archives. And it was basically like it was. It was an archive of documentaries from C-SPAN. And back in the day, like C, like I never thought of C-SPAN as a interesting channel because when I would, you know, it was before recorded TV and YouTube and stuff. But I would flip to the channel, and you know, it was just like a, you know, a Senate floor hearing or a Congress meeting or something really bored and dry but you know periodically they would have really in-depth uh, documentaries that i really didn't dis discover until i saw this channel called the film archives but they they um they killed the whole channel and there's so much fucking information there it's almost like equivalent to to uh you know chris hedges being canceled but you know at least chris hedges you know came back you know right that's too bad all right. Thanks, Loki. Yeah, thanks for having me. Should we take our last caller? Because it's almost uh, noon. Let's do it. All right. Great. Um, James. You know, can I say, um, before we take the next caller, there, there's someone in the queue. I might even pronounce their name because I don't want, I don't want the word clipped, but their, their name is, you know, the initials are CG. And I just think if you're going to have a name on Colin, you know, it's up to you what kind of name you want, but it's just, it's also our right to not pronounce it. You know what I mean? Right. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's actually, it's actually CG 69. And I'm just not going to say that word out loud. Right. Although I respect your name, whoever you are, but. I can't I just, believe your parents did that name though. It's messed up. Yeah. And then also there's a, there's a picture of Noam Chomsky too. With yeah. the name. Anyway, people, people looking at the, We'll see what I'm talking about. All right, James, our last caller. Go ahead. Don't make us take a CG69, James. Come on. I know. You're forcing James, us. You're, you're unmuted, so uh, just speak. Speak your truth, James. All right, I guess we can just, should we just wrap? We're in a standoff. We're going to stand off with James because we don't want yeah. to take, keep you going to take to have to pronounce CG69. I mean, we got Schnarf. We can take Schnarf because we Schnarf. do have Schnarf. All right, Schnarf, yeah. let's bump you up. Schnarf, Schnarf is going to close us out. Yeah. All right, Schnarf, let's do it. Schnarf. I, I'm sorry that you, this guy with the Noam Chomsky is terrible. I have nothing to say. I was just listening. But, like, seriously, of all people, Noam Chomsky, like, the man is in his 90s. Give him a break. Yeah. 
<laughs> thanks. I hear that. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Narf. All right, we got Nick. Let's go out with Nick. Hi, Nick. Unmute, please. Nick? Nick, you can just unmute. All right. We're going to go out with left is best. Hi, left is best. Don't let us hey, down. Good morning, guys. Yes. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Uh, um, I was going to I was gonna ask you guys, did you guys see the clip from Saskatchewan News with uh, Ted Cruz basically threatening uh, Marxists and socialists in Latin America? Yeah. Yeah, we talked sure. about it on um, our last uh, Useful Idiots show with uh, Vijay Prashad. Oh, oh, okay. I'll have to, to, to go back and watch it. I just, I find it so bizarre. You know, like, we haven't done enough to them for right. the same reasons. For the same reasons, and I'm really scared, you know, because when Republicans take power, they have a tendency to act on those those impulses, you know, be, uh, be it covertly or overtly through sanctions. Or blockades and and so it seems <clears throat> it seems kind of like this this second run of a kind of a pink tide in Latin America has triggered a lot of Republicans' worst impulses, you know, um, and it's kind of it's frustrating, you know. It, it, it's like there's no win for them, you know. Biden's always, you know, he's proud to to announce he's a capitalist and 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 demonize, you know. I think covertly, you know, he he demonizes you know, socialism in Latin America's, you know, push towards socialist, uh, socialist governments, you know, I mean, otherwise he would have lifted all the sanctions, right. That, that Trump, uh, put on right. him, you know, uh, what do you guys think? I'm just wondering, actually, I'm sorry. I can't help but think about uh, our friend CG 69 and whether he <laughs> or she has a case to bring like a free speech case. The fact that we won't, bring them on because of their I name you guys whether brave, brave whether whether 69 can sue now. us can sue us oh, in court gotcha. and then gotcha. i'll have to i'll have to you know assert my right to not have to say cg69's <laughs> name publicly you know like this could be a, a historic case it could be <laughs> but we could be liable for, we could be liable for a lot of money here kid i mean this yeah, this could be serious but I, but I will fight to the end i'll say this right now i'll fight to the end to assert my right to not have to pronounce CG69's name in public on my Colin show. I'll do that. I'll fight yeah. for that. And I'll fight for your right to do that. Um, and left is best. Yeah. Biden is uh, definitely uh, very, uh, I mean, terrible in Latin America, as you pointed out, and Cuba. All right, guys. Thanks for taking my call. And has not undone the additional sanctions against Cuba that Trump uh, imposed. So thanks for that, Biden. All right. Can we wrap? Let's do it. Let's do it. Sorry, people, we didn't get to. Um, except for CG69. Yeah, of course. Except for CG69, yeah. We will see you next week at 11 a.m. Also 10 a.m. We're on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Useful Idiots. Um, I'm going to have Bob Shear, by the way, the legendary journalist Bob Shear on the Katie show youtube.com slash the katie halber show on tuesday night so oh, tune very in. cool yeah very cool yeah all right bye everyone